All right, well, wasn't that fun? Man, good testimonies too, man. I love it. It was just been such a good day. We've had baptisms in both services, and I, I just want to invite you and encourage you. If you're a follower of Jesus, you've never been baptized. Uh, baptism was not meant to be an optional thing. It's, it's part of following him. It's part of going public with your faith. It's powerful. It's meaningful. There's something very deep about it. So we'll have another baptism service next month if there's people who want to get baptized. So just uh, go online, contact us, let us know if you want to be baptized, and we'd love just to see you be part of that. And as you can tell, you know, sometimes people are nervous about it, like, oh, I don't know. I don't like being up in front of a whole lot of people. But there's something just powerful and significant about it. You know, there's a reason you get married in front of people, not by yourself. Right? You know, I mean, a COVID threw that off for a few of us. But even then, you still, you had some witnesses. You know, there's, there's a reason why you graduate from university or graduate from high school with people, not by yourself. There's something special about it. And while it's a little nerve-wracking sometimes for some people, it's meaningful and significant when we do it with our family, when we do it in front of other people. So we would love for you to do that. All right, a couple things I just want to run through really quick, and then we're going to jump into the message and uh, just have some time of prayer at the end. Uh, first and foremost, we just want to welcome any first-time guests with us. If you're a first-time guest with us, welcome. Thank you for being here today. We're so glad you chose to join us. You could be many, many places today. You've chosen to be here at Toronto State Church. That means a lot to us. So what we'd love to ask is this, is on your way out, you head out those doors, go to your left, there's a connect table. We have a team member there who would love to meet you. We'd just love to say hello, get to know you a little better, and we have a gift we'd love to give you just to say thank you for being here. No strings attached, just a gift from us that's saying thank you for joining us and that we're really glad you're here. Secondly, I wanted to make sure that I really uh, said a huge thank you to everybody who served, showed up, brought people, were involved in last week for our Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday services. We had an amazing Easter weekend here at Toronto City Church. It was just so powerful. I think we broke all of our attendance records. I mean, that's not the only thing you're going for, but it's still cool just to see so many people come out. We had people give their lives to Jesus. We had the gospel sown in the hearts of so many people, and we had a lot of fun. Amen. So can we just, can we give a hand just for every person who served, who ministered, um, but also you guys, you guys showed up, you guys brought people, you invited people to come with you. So you deserve that hand as well too. It was a team effort and we were all part of it together. So thank you for that. I also want to give a shout out. It's great to see many of our teens here in the junior highs came in, our youth heading out, amazing youth night on Friday night. Really just want to encourage you if you, uh, if you're a teen, I mean, you probably left. There might be a few left in here, but parents as well, you want to get your young people out. There's some really amazing things happening just with our teens in our ministry. So what I wanted to do today was um, I wanted to just talk about something important coming up, and then I'm going to segue into the word. Yeah, thanks, Justin. We're, we're good. Appreciate you, man. Um, one of the things that you may have noticed over the last couple of weeks, we've made a bit of a shift away. We're no longer doing video announcements, but we're working now to start getting information of everything that's happening out to you in some different ways. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Number one, I have a sneaking suspicion some of you don't watch the video announcements anyways. You're already just, they're running, you're already, your mind is somewhere else, and you're not paying attention to the video announcements. That's okay. I'm not deeply offended by that at all. We're just trying to figure out effectiveness. But also, just as the church is growing, so many things are happening. 
you really, if, if everyone's kind of dependent on the video announcements at church to get your information about what's going on, we're, we're just increasingly running into trouble anyways. And so what we want to do is we're going to highlight some things here on Sunday here and there, but we are also starting to get some other avenues. So there's some things we're going to work on. Those of you on social media, there'll be some things coming in that area soon. But one of the key things is to get on our mailing list, and we're going to send a weekly update that's just going to outline for you everything that's happening. We're also, our online calendar, we're going to keep it very well maintained so that you start going online, you get your weekly update. That will help you stay up to speed with all the things that are happening here at Toronto State Church. Because I don't want you, uh, you know, coming and... Uh, you know, just not, never knowing what's going on, you know. So uh, we want to just invite you to sign up, to get on that. If you're not on that list, get on that list so you can stay up to speed with what's happening. What I did want to highlight today was I wanted to highlight something very important that is starting over the next several weeks, and that is our spring semester of our equip track here at Toronto City Church. Now, we've talked about this is a year of faith. Everybody say faith. This is a year of faith, and we've been talking about the different levels that that is speaking to us. First, it is a year to grow in your faith, and meaning your relationship with God. We have a relationship with God through faith, and this is a year to grow in that relationship with God. It's also a year to believe God for big things. How many people here are believing God for big things this year? We're believing God for big things. We're believing God for impossible things to happen. I mean, I want you to believe big. This is a year. I, I was laughing because I was thinking about it. You know, you got to watch what you preach. Because especially, you know, the Lord will flip it back on you. So we've had a couple stress moments this year. I've had some stress moments where I was starting to worry about things are going to stress. My wife will just look at me and said, well, babe, she said it's a year of faith. And she kind of says, you know, she, she got like, well, that's what you've been preaching, so we just need to believe God. I'm like, well, I just don't want to hear that right now. I don't, you know, I, 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 I'm not, I didn't actually mean it like that, but I actually did, you know. And so it's a year for us to believe God. And uh, it's a year for us. And then it's also a year for us to keep the faith. And in that, it's making sure our roots are going so deep in our faith. We know what we believe. We know why we believe it. The Bible says in the last days, deception will run rampant. And you can see it happening more and more. But see, we have a responsibility to dig into God's word, to grow, and to make sure the best way to guard against deception is to spend lots of time with the truth. Spend lots of time with the truth of God's word. And family, can I just let you know, I'm glad you're here. I'm really hoping to preach a great message that's going to encourage you and challenge you. If that's all you're getting in your spiritual walk this week, it's not enough. It's not going to be enough. It's just like if you ate food once a week, you would be very weak. You would be, uh, you know, you wouldn't be able to live for that long. Your quality of life would definitely drop off. That's why Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And there's like this daily, just like we eat daily, we need to be in God's word on a regular basis. We need to be studying. Uh, Paul said this to Timothy, study to show yourself approved, a workman who needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So there's many ways we try and live this out. Part of it is personally just taking, I'm going to grow in the word. I'm going to grow in the things of God. I'm taking this on myself. But we also have different courses and things that we're offering that give you an opportunity to go beyond, you know, there's an element in a Sunday message, but to talk, to dig, to wrestle with things, to go deeper. So a number of courses that are starting. First, we've got Discipleship 101. This is going to be starting next Sunday. It's going to run from 10 to 11. So you can come and then come to service. We're not trying at this time to pull you in for another slot during the week. And Discipleship 101 focuses on the basic skills, like the core skills of really following Jesus. So you're going to learn more about going deep in the word, going deep in prayer, fasting, serving, giving, all the different elements of what it really means to be a disciple of Jesus. And I really encourage you, don't hear that, go, oh, I know about all those things already. Listen, we all need to continue to grow. So that's Discipleship 201. Now, when you finish 101, 
We have people who have, so we also have Discipleship 201 that's going to start next week, same time slot, obviously just different classroom. Discipleship 201 focuses on the core doctrines of the Christian faith. Do you know what you believe, and do you know why you believe it? Do you have a grounding in what the Bible calls sound doctrine? So this is an opportunity to talk more about who is God, salvation, what is that like, Christology, more about Jesus and his finished work in our lives. And it's challenging. We want to push you deeper so that there's some depth to your faith. So that's an amazing opportunity. Secondly, our third, we've got, and this is a virtual course. It's not going to start next week, but it's going to start May 1st. So School of Prayer Level 2. So anyone who's done School of Prayer Level 1, there will be an opportunity to do School of Prayer Level 2. This is a virtual course. You get the video delivered to your inbox on a Monday, and then you have an opportunity to watch it during the week and answer some homework and be involved in prayer labs. And then last but not least, on May the 7th, so that's two sun, uh, several Sundays from now, we're starting another run of School of the Spirit. So Pastor Sharon and Pastor Samuel, they lead this school, and this school really focuses on hearing the voice of God, flowing in the gifts of the Spirit, flowing in the prophetic, deliverance, different things about the life of the Spirit and the life that God has called us to. And so there are different time slots and blocks. So if you're really ambitious, you could take several of them if you wanted to. If you're just ready to fill you up, obviously we recommend usually focus on one, but if you've got time and energy for more, you can get involved. But these are opportunities to grow deeper. These are opportunities to build your faith. These are opportunities to go deeper in doctrine, to keep your faith strong. And so we really want to encourage you. You can go online. Everything's there. You can sign up, get all the details. And if you have any questions, let us know. But let's jump into the message. If you have your Bible, please turn with me to Philippians 3, 7 to 14. Today, I wanted to do a follow-up message to Easter. Uh, Actually, someone said it to me, a comment after my first message this morning. We were talking outside. They said, you know what they said? It's interesting. They said, usually like any church I've been involved in, it's like after Easter, we start just a new series or we go into, a, we do something new. Now, I'm not against that. I think it can be very good strategically. You've had a lot of guests come out. You promote your series. People come back for your series. So I'm not against that. But what I really felt this year was I felt like we need to take some more time. I want to talk to you about the power of his resurrection. I want to talk to you about the power of his resurrection in our lives. We've come through Easter. We've celebrated it. Obviously, we had Palm Sunday. We had encounters, so there were lots of amazing things going on. And then we come through. But, you know, sometimes you can go through it. you got Resurrection Sunday. And, and even the way we did last week, it was a very uh, gospel-oriented message. Quicker services because we did three of them. But I, I wanted to make sure we didn't rush forward too quickly without making sure we took some time to reflect on what were we actually celebrating last Sunday. What were we actually rejoicing about? I mean, it was amazing. There was just such an outpouring of joy that I loved last week. I mean, all the services, God was moving. But at the end of the third service, many of you were there. It's like, amen, so amen from the back. It was like everyone just, a bunch of people came forward to praise. They just didn't stop. We had like a second worship service that went over an hour. And, and, and it wasn't even... We, we literally, I, I was laughing because they ultimately just handed the mic to me. They're like, okay, you got to figure out what to do with this. And I'm like, okay, do I stop it? Do I not stop it? Like, you know, it's all the pressure, right? Us senior pastors get all the pressure. It's just like, but just God was moving in that. It was really powerful. But what, what was, what's that all about? What's the power of his resurrection? So I want to just take some time this afternoon. I want to talk a little bit more about the power of his resurrection in our lives. I want to stir our faith to believe for in this year, to believe for as we go forward, the power of his resurrection. Everybody say the power of his resurrection. So let's read Philippians 3, 7 to 14. I've got lots of scripture I want to work through today. But whatever gain I had, 
I count it as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Watch this, verse 10. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Everybody say the power of his resurrection. And may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Come on, everybody say it again, the power of his resurrection. This passage contains many, many, many important truths. There's so many things. I, I mean, I just love reading a passage like this. It's so rich with truth and things that God would want to show us. This passage speaks to us about the surpassing worth of Jesus Christ. The theme that Paul's after is Christ Jesus is so valuable. Jesus is so valuable to him. He means so much to him. This surpassing worth. He is, he is the pearl of great price. He is the treasure in the field that you sell everything to buy the field because you get the treasure. That's who Jesus is and it speaks to that. It also speaks of the high call to know him. The high call on your life is not just to do something for God, but it's actually to know God. Daniel 11.32 says, The people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Being strong, carrying out exploits, flows out of truly knowing God. And so this passage speaks to us of the power of knowing him. I love this passage also is a very strong theme of forgetting what is behind and pressing forward to what is ahead. That is so important in this day and in this time, family. We have to know how to forget what we need to forget. It's a spiritual action. I'm leaving some things behind. I'm pressing forward for what God has for me. It's very important. Let me say this. Obviously, usually we'll see this through the lens of even negative things. And it's true. There's things that we got to learn to just forget and we got to press forward. But I'll tell you what's even more seen. Seasons of momentum, like things that are happening now. What can hinder what God wants to do can be the good things he did in the past that we keep looking back to trying to mimic or to, to recreate. That's actually the harder detail, right? It, it, it's why we all know we want to forget the bad stuff. We kind of battle and wrestle with it, but we all need to. What is more dangerous is the pride. The, so, so for example, this Sunday, we come in. Are we looking for the fresh manna of what God wants to do this Sunday? Or are we looking back to what happened last Sunday? Oh, that was so cool. I want to do that again. I want to have that happen again. You see what I'm saying? It's like a spiritual discipline you've got to hold on to. That's why there's a picture where God gave them fresh manna every day. And if they tried to store up the manna, it always went bad because God was always trying to push them. You follow the cloud, you follow the fire. And what is most dangerous to the great that God wants to do is good things that have already happened to you. Because you can get so, you can, you, it's hard to let those things go. You want that or you just want to duplicate that. Especially, I mean, my personality type. Just like, show me what to do, show me the formula, I'll just do it. And yet God's like, no, I want you to walk by faith. I want you to walk in relationship. So yeah, that's the way it was before. Notice they only marched around the walls of a city once. What would we have done? Every city, march around the walls, blow the trumpets, the walls are falling down. God only did it once. 
because the true key was not marching around the wall. You know how it would have been. We would have marched around the walls, seen them fall down. We would have got it on social media, created reels of the walls coming down in Jesus' name with some Maverick City music in the background. And then we would have released a book on how you can march around your walls of Jericho seven days, seven times. We probably would have had Jericho conferences where we march around the walls and this is where you do it. I'm not against some of those things. I'm being a little snarky if you know what I mean. But really the true key was not marching around the walls. It was hearing the word of the Lord and obeying the word of the Lord in that season. But what happens is when we get out of relationship and following the voice of God and we start just trying, well, this is what he did before, so this is how he's going to do it again. And God goes, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh, because he doesn't want us depending on methods or depending on formulas. He wants us depending on him. Now, I'm not against I'm not against principles. There are biblical principles, there are spiritual laws that you can put in application. I'm not against those. But even those need to be applied as the Lord leads us. Right? Jesus didn't spit in the mud and put it in every blind man's eye. He did it in that one moment. The real key is learning to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. I have no idea how I go off on that, but let me get back to my notes. What was I saying before that? What was I saying before that? Come on, were you all listening to me? Somebody taking notes? Forgetting what's behind. Thank you, Crystal. There we go, right? Right there. Crystal got it right there. She got it. I was totally lost in that for a moment. So, you, but, but please hear me. Please hear I, I'm really sensitive. We're having God do some powerful things. Like even in worship, we're having some powerful things. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. But you can start worshiping worship instead of worshiping God. Right? Does it have to be hype every Sunday? Or if it's just a quiet wait before God lie in our face, are we okay with that? Right? Because we go, but that's harder. That's harder because you've got to always be, that's why they talk about the priests. The priests were barefoot. Part of it is because you have to be so sensitive in following the leadership of the Holy Spirit. God wants us in relationship. He wants us in faith. And as soon as we start moving into comfort zones, he says, oh, let's get you back out into faith. I hate it when he does it sometimes, but he does it. Because he loves us and he's keeping us in a place of faith. But let's, let's guard our hearts. Let's make sure no matter... I'm, I'm expecting God to do amazing things for the rest of this year. I, I think there's some mind-blowing things that are going to happen over the next several years, but let's forget what's behind and let's press ahead. Right? Let's be thankful, but then let's thank God. What's the manna today? Where are you taking us today? What are you doing today? What's the new thing that God is doing? And there's that discipline that we grow in that. But anyways, that's not my message. We've got to keep going. So that was there. But here's the part I was trying to get to. The part I was trying to get to is it talks about in this passage the power of knowing him and the power of his resurrection. Everybody say the power of his resurrection. That, that's what I'm trying to talk about today. The power of his resurrection. Now, I don't know if you've noticed this. I've noticed this. I've been preaching for a while, 20 plus years, pastoring, lead pastoring, and so I've been at this for a bit. I got, I got lots of track in front of me, but I've been doing it for a little while, and I've noticed something in myself. I've noticed something just as I've kind of, in, in, I don't mean critically at all, just observing in North American Christianity and Canadian Christianity, is there tends to be an underemphasis on the power of his resurrection. Like even when we go through Easter, it's like when we say Easter, what do most of us think about? We think about the cross, don't we? Now, please hear me. I'm not against, I'm not preaching in any way to minimize the power of the cross. We teach that, we preach that, we go there on encounters. But that wasn't the only part of Easter weekend. And what happens is I've noticed there seems to be this underemphasis on the resurrection. 
and the power of his resurrection. But yet Paul here is saying, I want to know him, not just in his sufferings, not just the cross, but I want to know the power of his resurrection. You know, I was thinking some more about this, and I think there's probably a number of reasons, but I think right at the root of it, the religious spirit, it's one of the attacks there, the religious spirit wants you to live a powerless Christianity. If the devil cannot get you to stop following Jesus, he at least wants to get you in a place where you don't experience any of the power of living for Jesus. It talks about this in 2 Timothy 3 verse 5. It talks about having a form of godliness but denying its power. That's one of the missions of the religious spirit is to have a form of godliness, to look good, to look like you're doing, but there be no power. That's part of what happens when there's a religious spirit. But Jesus said, and Paul said, I pray that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. Paul said, I want to know the power of his resurrection. And remember, we talk about knowing God. Part of that is knowing his power. Come on, somebody say, know his power. And even if you look further, there's verse 2 Timothy 3 verse 5 said, having the form of God's but denies power. Now, Paul was always really hardcore. But he said, have nothing to do with such people. I mean, Paul, I mean, Paul is just cutting right there. He's like, have nothing to do with it. Now, obviously, in the context, he's talking about particular hypocrites who are completely really not faith. But there has to be a, what word would I use? There has to be a certain ruthlessness in us that says, I am not going to settle for a Christian life with no power. I, I'm just not going to settle for it. Here's what I found in God. You will often get what you settle for. Right, you, you will get what you believe for. And if you are just settled for a life with no power, that's where you'll live. God will love you. You have a certain degree of relationship with God. You'll go to heaven when you die. But you'll get there and go, Jesus, I just don't what happened here, what happened there in my life. And Jesus will say, well, all the power was there for you. I died and I rose again, but you were willing to live without it. See, that's one of the dangers. What are we willing to live without? And what are we willing to draw a line in the sand and say, you know what, I'm not willing to live a powerless Christianity anymore. I'm not willing to be okay with a Christian form of godliness but no power. I am a person who wants to believe for and walk in the power. How many people would join me today and say, you want to be someone who wants to walk in the power of God and the power of his resurrection? But see, it's interesting because notice, Paul said, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. That's something we grow in. It's something we desire. We know him and the power of his resurrection. Come on, say it again with me, the power of his resurrection. See, Paul talked about the importance of the resurrection in 1 Corinthians 15. Verse 13, he said, but if there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. But if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ, that means died, have perished. And, if Christ, and in Christ we have hope in this life only. We are, are of all people most to be pitied. Really quickly. Because of the power of his resurrection, I'm going to flip this. So he said, if Christ hasn't been raised, but we know he has been raised. So here's what this passage is telling us. Number one, because of the power of his resurrection, there's power in our preaching. Now let me qualify that word really quickly. When I say preaching, I'm not just talking about standing on a stage with a microphone. Because most of you may never end up in that situation. But preaching actually means just to declare the word of God. 
You don't have to stand on a stage with a microphone to preach or declare God's word. Every one of you need to declare God's word in your life. If you're sharing with one person, you are preaching the word. And because of the resurrection, there is power in preaching. There is power in declaring the word of God. That is part of the power of his resurrection. We also see here that there is power in our faith. Guys, we're talking about being a year of faith. We're talking about believing God for big things. We're talking about keeping our faith. All of that is empowered by the power of God that was released through the resurrection. There is power to believe him for big things because Jesus rose again. There is power to stand firm in your faith even when you're under pressure. Why? Because Jesus rose again. There is power to go further than you ever thought you could in your relationship with God. Why? Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He rose again. It's like that old song said, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living. Not just because he died, but because he lives. And the reason it is because the power that was released through his resurrection. Somebody say the power of his resurrection. Third, this passage tells us that if there's no resurrection, then you are not, you're still lost in your sins. But there is a resurrection, so we are forgiven from sin. And I want to make sure we don't gloss over this. Sometimes, I don't know if you find this, we kind of, oh yeah, yeah, we're forgiven from sin. No, guys, this is a big deal. If we're not forgiven, we're hopelessly lost forever. But because of the power of his resurrection, we are forgiven. Because of the power of his resurrection, it doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, what mistakes you've made, the sin that you've committed in your past, there is nothing in your life that is more powerful than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There is nothing that you've done, no sin that you committed that is greater. And the enemy comes with condemnation for so many of us. Some of you just live under a weight of condemnation. And it's because your faith is more in the sin than it is in the power of the resurrection. But today I want you to flip the script. I want you to flip that today and recognize because he lives, because he rose again, all my sin is gone. I am free. I am delivered. And it's like Val said in her testimony, not because you're good enough, you aren't good enough. Not because you deserve it, you don't deserve it. But because Jesus hung on that tree, he took your sin, he took your sickness, he went, defeated death, hell, and the grave, and he rose again. And he said the same spirit that raised me from the dead dwells inside of you and you are forgiven. Come on, someone tell your neighbor you're forgiven. Listen, the power of condemnation is broken. Father, I actually want to pray this right now. I pray for every person in this place, but especially those who struggle with condemnation. I pray that today they will know you in a new way in the power of your resurrection and that they will become so amazed at the freedom and forgiveness that's in Christ that they won't even rate the power of sin in their life anymore in Jesus' name. You know, I, I was laughing about this. Uh, Pastor Sharon and I got away for a little bit this week because it was our anniversary last Sunday. So uh, I was a little delayed. I had to come back because work doesn't stop. Church doesn't stop. And preaching definitely doesn't stop. So I, I, I really try not to do Saturday night specials anymore. What do you mean by Saturday night? It's when you prepare your message Saturday night to preach Sunday morning. I used to do that, especially when I was a younger pastor. And it gets so stressful. There's, there's few feelings worse than sitting at 10 p.m. at night knowing you have to preach the next day and you have no idea what you're going to talk about. And nothing's working. Nothing is coming together. Everything sucks. And you're just like, this is terrible. So finally it dawned on me, my lightning fast mind, you know, if I prepared earlier in the week, I might have more time and this wouldn't stress me out so much. 
So I got better. But this week I was away with Pastor Sharon. So because I'm away with Pastor Sharon, you can't really do like anniversary getaways and preparing to preach. It just doesn't mix too well together. Right? So, so I'm out last night. So I, I'm preparing to preach, but I also got to go upstairs, uh, get Shiloh to bed. Because So I go upstairs and go, Shy. She's like, okay, you can sit with me for a bit. I'm like, no, I, gotta, I still got to prepare my message. She's like, you're not done your message yet? <laughs> so she's like, she called me and she goes, it's late, Dad, to be doing your message. I said, thank you. I know that. It's bedtime. And she's like, okay, so what are you preaching on? And I said, oh, I'm preaching on the power of his resurrection. She said, oh, that's easy. <laughs> I said, oh, really? Okay, why don't you preach the message that it's easy? She goes, yeah, that's easy, Dad. You know, Jesus came, he died for us, he rose again to forgive us for sin. He knew our sin, he knew what we do wrong, and she just starts going on about, I'm thinking, this is good, okay, let me get this out here, get some notes. I'm like, I'm like, okay, and this I lay down, she's like, so tell me your points, what are your points, Dad? Well, I didn't want to tell her, I didn't have my points properly formulated yet, so I just said, it's time for you to go to bed. I said, we will talk about the points in the morning. And in my mind, I'm like, when I have them done, right? So, so anyways, there's that element of it. But I love where she was just, I mean, it was just this, when she was saying it, and it just hit me. She said, Jesus forgave us. We're forgiven from sin. That's the power of the resurrection, Dad. Well, I just want to encourage you in that today. That's the power of the resurrection. We're forgiven from sin. And last but not least, because of the power of his resurrection, we have the power of eternal hope. Right? We have eternal hope, guys. That's what it said, because it said here, it said, if there's no resurrection, also those who've fallen asleep in Christ have perished. But Jesus rose again. That means you and I will rise again too. And that means we are going to live in eternity with him. There is a resurrection for us. There is a resurrection. We have this hope because of the power of his resurrection. Everybody say the power of his resurrection. Let's just take a few more moments before we pray. I just want to dig a little deeper into this word power. What does power mean? Because that's what, he got his resurrection, but his resurrection released power. So what is this power that we're talking about? Well, power, it's simple definition, it's the ability to do or to act. It's the ability to make something happen, to get something done. If you're powerless in a situation, you have no control, there's nothing you can do. When you have power, you now have control. You have the ability to change things, to move things, to do what needs to be done. So when we're talking about the power of God, we're talking about his ability to move in our lives, to change, to bring to pass what needs to be brought to pass. The Greek word in the original Greek is the word dunamis. Everybody say dunamis. And I love this because it actually says dunamis is this. It is strength. So because Jesus rose, the strength of God is available for you and me. Because Jesus rose, we don't have to do things in our own strength, but we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Guys, that's the power of the resurrection. You might be facing some hard things in your life right now. You might be facing some things that you don't feel like you have the strength to overcome. I want you to know today, because Jesus rose again, that there is the power of his resurrection. And God's strength has been made available to you. Not that it means strength, it means power, which is the core word we're talking about. Also, God's ability. Furthermore, I love this because it breaks it down even further. It says, dunamis is the inherent power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature in which a person or thing exerts and puts forth. Because Jesus rose again, God said, my power that's very inherent in who I am in my nature, I'm exerting on your behalf. I want to release my power in your life. I love this. Dunamis also means the power for performing miracles. 
I want to encourage you. My heart is just stirred in this season. God is a God of miracles. He's a God who's worked miracles, but he doesn't just want to have worked miracles in the past, but he wants to work miracles right now. And you might be listening to me today, and you need a miracle in your life. You might need a miracle in your body. You might need a miracle in a relationship. You might need a miracle in your finances. You might need a miracle in your future. You might know some people around you who who need miracles. I want to stir your heart today that because Jesus rose again, this dunamis miracle working power has been released, and it is there for us. It is the power of his resurrection. And we need to put our faith and believe God today for miracles. Somebody say miracles. I love to power dunamis. It's such a multifaceted word. It also means moral power and excellence of soul. So it's not just the power for miracles out there, but it's also the power for heart transformation in here. It's also the power, the fruit of the spirit. Right? We love the gifts of the spirit, but God also wants to work on the fruit of the spirit in our lives. Because we like gifts, power, prophecy, miracles. God's like, let's talk about your patience. Amen. Good preaching, pastor. All right. Right? So I was like, no, 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 no. Let's talk about word of wisdom, word of knowledge, special faith, Holy Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. And God's like, no, let's talk about patience. No, I don't. You want to test your patience, just get on a slow Wi-Fi signal. We'll find out how patient you really are. We'll find out how Christ-like you really are. We were joking about because we have a terrible Wi-Fi signal at the church here. Some days it's so frustrating. But you know, a lot of us, we just, we think we're so godly. And then God starts putting his finger on things. Marriage will do that to you as well. Right? I thought I was so Christ-like. And then I got married. And I realized I was not close to as Christ-like as I thought I was. Right, because it's easy to convince yourself Christ-like when you live with yourself, and you know that. But you get around somebody else, and here's what God does: couples, right? He brings two people together who are very different, and you're attracted to the differences. You love the differences, and then they drive you crazy because you know they're different. You love that they're different, but then you get mad because they don't do everything just like you. And you're trying to change them to do it like you do it. And to make it happen like you make it happen. And now it's this conflict and we're always just trying to change each other instead of saying, hey, actually covenant is bringing two different parties together who will be stronger together than either one were by themselves. And so instead of trying to change that person, maybe God is using them to forge and to shape your patience and your character and you're doing the same with them so you can both be more like Jesus. I remember one time I was complaining to God about something with Pastor Sharon. I, I can't remember what it was. It wasn't a big thing. But it's just something she, she didn't do. And you know, because I'm kind of structured and organized. And you got to put the dishes in the dishwasher properly. You know, that kind of stuff. It's like we have to have, to have the fridge organized and neat. You know, like these kind of things. So I, I was complaining something. I was just like, Lord, she just doesn't do it. And da, 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 da. And, and finally I heard the Holy Spirit inside me. He said, well, because she's not good at it. He said, and you're good at it. So why you stop complaining? Just go do it. I went, uh, uh, you know, you kind of go, uh, no, no, we're talking about her, Lord, not me, her, right? We're complaining, uh, I'm complaining about her, but he was like, listen, and I, it, it, but it dawned on me. I didn't want to get it at first. You know those moments, someone's like, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. I'm like, sure, uh, yes, okay. But God's like, you're strong at some things, she's strong at other things. Why not let her be strong where she's strong, you be strong where you're strong, and work together as a team. Instead of getting frustrated because she doesn't do what you do how you do it and you don't do what she does like she does it. And yeah, of course you've got to find middle ground and compromise and things like that. But if you're constantly trying to change the person to do it how you do it, see it like you see it, 
You're wasting a lot of energy instead of saying, how can we work together? How can we be stronger together than either of us would be by ourselves? But that's not becoming exactly like each other. Right? If you want to work on that more, join the marriage class. Pastor Jared and Norma do a great job with it on Thursday nights. Uh, you can dive and go. To, how many of you have been in the marriage course that's been happening? We've got some people. It's been great. So we're going to have another run of that. So anyways, let's get ready to land this plane. So uh, excellence of soul. I love to This is interesting. Dunamis also means the power influence which belongs to riches and wealth. It's part of what the word actually means. Now, normally we know the immeasurable riches we have in Christ. There's power in that. But I think there's also an element to talk about like a Deuteronomy 8.18 reality. God gives the power to get wealth to establish his covenant. God, guys, there's, there's so many people in here. God wants to give you insight and wisdom and revelation to generate wealth, not so you can be rich, but so you can advance the kingdom of God. Right? That's, that's what God wants to do. And, and, but, but see, that's part, of, that's part of what dunamis actually means. It talks about that. And love is finally, dunamis talks about the power and resources arising from numbers or the power consisting rest upon armies and forces and hosts. In other words, I love this because it's this picture of dunamis, the power of his resurrection. It says you're not alone. It says that you are not alone. You got God the Father. You got God the Son. You got God the Holy Spirit. You got family. But you also have the hosts of heaven that are behind you and are with you. It's like when the prophet was there in the city. I think it talks about first or second kings. And the king of another nation sent his army to ambush him. His servant woke up in the morning, looked over the city walls, and saw this vast army who was there for him. He freaks out. The prophet says, don't worry about it. And they just praise and says, Lord, open his eyes so he can see that there are more with us than those who are against against us. And the Bible says suddenly his eyes were opened and he saw that the hills surrounding the city were filled with the hosts of heaven and the fiery chariots. I want you to know today because Jesus lives, because Jesus rose, you are not alone, but the hosts of heaven are at your back. And you might feel alone right now. You might be in a difficult circumstance or situation. You might be facing some persecution, but I want you to know today you are not alone. God plus you equals a majority. Plus there's the hosts of heaven, plus God's got family he wants to bring you into around. You are not alone. Why? Because of the power of his resurrection. Come on, somebody say with me, the power of his resurrection. A few more verses, and just if you want to come back and join me. Acts 10.38 says this, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. That word power is dunamis. This is the power. Jesus was anointed with power. And someone says, well, that's great, Pastor. That was Jesus. Yes, but then we see in Acts 1, verse 8, but you will receive power. The same word dunamis. What? When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Jesus walked in this power that destroyed the works of the devil, but his ultimate goal was to go to that cross to redeem you and me, to set us free, and then to rise again. Why? So the same spirit that raised him from the dead comes and dwells inside of us. And so I want you to know today, I'm not necessarily against songs or things that talk about God send the power down because there can be manifestations that are released over us, but I want you to know today we don't need God to send the power down because if the Holy Spirit lives inside of you the power of God is already in you and that power that you need in your life that power that you need in your circumstance your situations the power of his resurrection is right there in your life right now come on somebody say the power of his resurrection one more passage and then we're done Ephesians 1 15 to 23 
This is Paul again, and he's talking to the church in Ephesus. He says, for this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Very important. Pray that prayer over yourself regularly. Most of us don't need God to give us something we don't have. We need him to open our eyes to what he's already done and given us. We need the spirit of wisdom and revelation. It's already there. It's, it's there. It's like forgiveness is there. You just have to receive it. Power is there. It's just you got to see it. You got to use that. That's what we pray for, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And, and watch, in the knowledge of him. Remember, knowing him in the power of his resurrection. See, this is part of the key. Again, it's not going to be just some easy formula. It's as you know him, you start to know more of the power of his resurrection. And the more you walk with him, the more you walk with his power. Uh, having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you might know what is the hope to which he's called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. A couple thoughts really quickly here. First and foremost, don't miss the wording here. The immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe. What's immeasurable mean? You can't measure it. There's just no limit. It's immeasurable. That's his power. You know, sometimes we just read, oh yeah, the immeasurable power of his word. No, his power is immeasurable. You can't measure. It's kind of like the universe. It's just beyond our comprehension. That is his power. His immeasurable greatness of his power. But watch this. Towards us who believe. Will you believe it today? Will you believe it in this season? That's why it's the year of faith. Will we believe? Because it's towards us who believe. Obviously it says according to the working of his great might. That's a whole other message itself. The might of God is God's power released on our behalf. That is the might. He is mighty. You know, we sing it. God is mighty. We don't use that word too much else. You're, you're mighty. You know, we don't really say that too often to somebody. But that is talking about his might on our behalf. And watch this. It says, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand. See, the power was worked. The power was released when he raised him from the dead. And I love this, but it says this goes really deep. It says, and then he seated him at his right hand. To be seated at the right hand, that's a picture. And especially in biblical times, it meant this is, the, someone's at my right hand. This is someone who I'm giving my power, my authority to. They speak on my behalf. They are at my right hand. And, there's a, and it says he is far above all rule, all authority, all power, all dominion, and every name that is named, not in this age, but in the one to come. This is the power of our Jesus. This is the power that King Jesus has. And when he rose from the grave and he rose from the dead, he was then seen by love this because he's seated at the right hand. And what does the Bible say in Hebrews he's doing? He's ever living to make intercession for us. Guy, you know the, you know the prayer warrior you have interceding for you today? Do you know the prayer warrior that you have standing on your behalf? Jesus is interceding. That's why I always say, be very cautious about moving in a critical spirit. Social media has been brutal about this for us. I'm not against calling, you know, 
being discerning and I'm not against calling out things that need to be called out but be very cautious about jumping in especially when you don't know all the details but you know some people get on social media I would just criticize oh who do they think they are who does that church they think they are what kind of play was that what is this what is that you know all these kind of things and we can get pulled so quickly into that type of spirit but Jesus he's not ever living to criticize he's ever living to make intercession that's his first response who's the one who's always accusing and criticizing Satan, the accuser of the brethren. Whose team do you want to be on? Who, whose spirit do you want to walk in? And again, hear me. I'm not talking against discernment. I'm not talking against things like that. But I'm also talking about maybe you discern something's wrong. Do you go to criticize or do you go to pray first? Right? Do you go, okay, let's pray right now. Let's pray for this situation. Because you know what? I've learned a lot of times. There's been people, guys, got to be straight. There's been things. I've seen it as a pastor. People threw criticism at me for certain things. And I'm not like preaching out my stuff right now. I'm good, okay? I just mean, I've seen over the years, they had no idea what was going on behind the scenes. There are times where I just couldn't tell them what had happened. They're throwing criticism. They have no idea. I can't say anything about it. But even in that, they, 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 and they just get told, you get taken out when you get into a critical spirit like that. Right? Be an intercessor, not a criticizer. Amen. Good preaching, Pastor. All right, I'll cheer my, I got, you, some of you cheer me on here. Final sauce are just like, uh, one last thing I want to say this. And, oh, I need to stop. Okay, one last thing. Uh, because of the resurrection, there's power that's far above all rule, all authority, all power, and dominion. I mean, he's just blanket covering everything. Above every name that's name. Watch this. Not only this age, but also in the age to come. This is eternal. And Jesus is seen. But watch this last part I want you to see. So he put all things under his feet. Now I'm going to ask you a question today. Who are his feet? Someone's getting that. Aren't we the body of Christ? Right? He's the head. We're the body. So who are the feet? And where's everything put under? Under our feet. That's why it says in Ephesians 2 verse 6, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Listen, guys, today, I want you to catch this as you go. Because of the power of the resurrection, everything is not just under his feet, but it's under your feet. Not because of your greatness or your goodness, but because the power of Jesus is under your feet. Come on, some of you remember growing up, we used to sing a song, one of those good old gospel courses that didn't have a lot of lyrics. I'm not totally against a lot of lyrics, but it's something we said, I went to the enemy's camp, and I... I took back what he stole from me. I took back what he stole from me. I took back, stole from me. I think it's really complex. I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me, but then we flip it up. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. He's, I always just jump and dance. I mean, we just be going, just he's under our feet. Well, I want you to know today, because of the power of the resurrection, not only is Jesus seated at heavenly places, but he said, you are my feet. Everything is under your feet because of my power. And watch this. Love. 
You're not standing with him in heavenly places. You're seated. Why? Because I heard this word in first service. I feel it again today. God's saying to a lot of you, listen, why don't you just sit down and let me take care of that situation? Come on. You got some situations in your family? Why don't you sit down and let me take care of it? You got some situations at your workplace? Why don't you just sit down and let me take care of it? Situations in your finance? Sit down. Let me take care of it. Just let me put it under your feet because I'm going to work in your situation. Guys, it's 2023. It's a Psalm 23 season. The Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want. He makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside still waters. He restores our soul. He leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though you might be walking through a valley of a shadow of death today, fear no evil for he is with you. His rod and his staff, they comfort you. What does he prepare for you? He prepares a table for you right in the presence of your enemies. He prepares a table for you right in the middle of the pressure. He prepares a table for you right in the middle of someone trying to take you out or to take you down. And your job is to sit down at the table you eat and let God take care of the enemy. You eat and you let God take care of the problem. He prepares a table for you in the presence of your enemies. He anoints your head with oil. Your cup runneth over. Come on, somebody say it with me. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Why? because Jesus died, but he didn't stay dead. He rose again, and it is the power of his resurrection. Come on, if you believe with me today, let's stand to our feet. God, we thank you today for the power of your resurrection, God. Lord, I thank you that today you're just saying that's a word for so many people. Listen, why don't you just grab a seat and let me take care of that situation. Stop staying up all night worrying about it. Grab a seat and let me handle it for you. God, I thank you that it's under our feet in Jesus' name. And not in any prideful way for ourselves. It's actually very humbling because it's all because of Jesus. It's all because of his power. And so, Father, I thank you today just as we've been preaching and declaring. We thank you for the power of your resurrection. God, and I pray that we might know you. Come on, just raise your hands, Lord, if your heart is to know him in the power of his resurrection. It's not a quick fix. It's not like just a little, it's this it's walk, it's this journey. And my prayer is that next month we'll know him even more in the power of his resurrection. And next year we'll know him even more in the power of his resurrection. And even in later stages of our life as we've journeyed with him through the battles, through the challenges, through the ups and the downs, the mountaintops and the valleys, we will know him in the power of his resurrection. Come on, I just really feel Psalm 23 right now. Just Psalm 23. Some of you are in the valley of the shadow of death right now. I want to declare over you, you fear no evil in Jesus' name. You fear no evil because he is with you. The risen Savior walks with you. His rod and his staff protect you and comfort you. They are with you right now. And so, Father, I thank you for a Psalm 23 reality. God, over every person in this place. But, God, I thank you. You're teaching us to sit down at that table. You're teaching us to eat of the good things that you have for for us. And God, I thank you for the power of your resurrection in Jesus' name. The power of your resurrection, God. Come on, just take a moment. We're just about done here, but just take a moment to receive. The power of your resurrection. The power of freedom, God. Holy Spirit, just do this work in our hearts. Do this work in our lives. Just take a moment. I'll get you guys out of here for a moment, but let's just not miss this moment right now. 
just as the team was singing with us today earlier, the same power that crushed the enemy, the same power lives in me. And Lord, I thank you. Just we we know very little, God, for all that's there, but we just we want to grow in the power of your resurrection. And we thank you for this. And Father, we just pray right now. I pray for anyone who needs your power in their life right now. Maybe it's healing. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's just peace. We were praying earlier today. Whatever that need for power, I thank you that because Jesus rose, that power is available. And we believe it. And we receive it today. And I thank you for a change. Even as your word's been preached and declared that your power was released. And so we thank you for this in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, and everyone agreed with me, said, amen. All right, I want to get you guys out of here. Usually I have a host, but we flipped a couple things today. So I just, let me say, number one, um, you guys want to throw up the giving instructions. We love you guys. You guys are incredibly generous. You've just been hitting it out of the park when it comes to just generosity here at TCC. Thank you. Uh, but we want to keep pressing in. We want, to, we want to be a radically generous church, and uh, we believe in tithing and giving, and so we're thankful for everyone stepping into that. If you haven't yet, I want to encourage you. Watch what God does when you step out and start trusting him in this area. You start living it out. And so just the information's there for you. As well, my wife asked me to make sure she mentioned something else. Ladies, there's another Saturate Saturday that is coming up on May 13th. It's going to be a Mother's Day special. So here's the deal. Church is growing. Space is limited. It's going to be $20. That's going to get you some amazing food prize. You know my wife. She does it right. Like she's going to have this place just there. But you want to sign up. You want to bring somebody. But sign up quickly because I promise you, I tell you, I'm there the last week before these events. I'm always getting emails. Oh, I forgot to sign up. Can I still come? And if it's full, it's going to be full. So we want you to be able to get in quickly. So just make sure, check out for Saturate Saturday. And last but not least, this coming Saturday, we have a property cleanup. So Pastor Jair is heading up uh, just a team, and we'd invite you. It's an amazing way to steward this beautiful property that God's given us. Nine till noonish, we feed you. It's fun. You get exercise in. You get to kind of meet people, help clean up the property. It's great. So if you want more inches, we'll have a sign up online, but you can also speak with Pastor Jair. And so, yeah, send him an email. So just get in touch. But... You guys are amazing. Love you. Have an amazing Sunday. Let's go in the power's resurrection. Oh, and Pastor Samuel is doing sign language to me at the back. Just come and tell me what you say, Pastor Samuel. Here, Pastor Samuel is coming quickly, and he's going to share one final announcement because I couldn't understand his sign language from the back. I was just going to say, young adults, we have a worship evening this coming Friday. And because it is this Friday. It is next Friday. It is next Friday. You are right. I'm messing up my my dates. Next Friday, it is from 7.30 to 9.30. You can sign up online. Please do because we want to make sure. Yes, it's on Friday the 28th. So sign up on Friday the 28th um, so that we know exactly how many people are coming in. Awesome. Love you guys. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Have an amazing Sunday. And let's go on the power of his resurrection. Come on, one last time. The power of his resurrection. Love you guys. God bless you.
Can I say it again? Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, grave, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death. And the law gives sin its power. But thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. He gives us the victory over sin and death. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody in here got the victory tonight? You ought to open up your mouth and just let out a victory cry. You ought to open up your mouth and let out a victory cry. Turn up. 